smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. And he said, I come from a land down under. He does glow and mention Sweet. How do, how do you say that New Year's thing again, Kayvon? Nauruz Mubarak. Uh, happy Persian New Year, everybody. Um, uh, it started at 9.33 a.m. Mountain Time, so 11.33 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, it's Persian New Year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that that sounds like a good time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, a fun fact, a, like over 3,000-year-old holiday that people around Iran uh, and parts of Afghanistan and a few other places have been celebrating. I think Azerbaijan and a couple other places have been celebrating for, yeah, very, very long time. Well, I mean, all of human history didn't start until 2020, until 2022 years ago, so I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess that's fair. Well, you know, sometimes you have to go back into the before times, Dave, the before times. <laughs> There were no before times. They can't be. <laughs> there was no world before Christ was born. That's right. <laughs> you pagan heathens, you. All of that BC stuff is just a trick the devil's trying to play on us. It's just liberal you, propaganda. Uh, okay, so so no no joke. Um, my partner Nancy was driving somewhere with a group of people and they were talking about dinosaurs and like Sick. making fun of like people who don't believe in dinosaurs and like the creationist museum which i have been to and it is incredible um <laughs> and someone in the car was like like 100 percent serious when they said satan put dinosaur bones in the ground to trick us yeah sick hell yeah. yes and and the conversation just stopped <laughs> well, cause, like, what do you? I mean, aside from like, hell yeah, like, what do you? What do you say to that? Hail, hail Satan, Jurassic Park. <laughs> right. Yeah, thanks to the devil, we got Jurassic Park. You're not making a good case for Jesus, my friend. No, not at all. Not at all. Well, welcome everyone to the uh, Exo Friends podcast on the Elder Millennial Network. Uh, the podcast where we thoroughly dissect every episode of exo squad in the hopes that someday there will be more to dissect and <laughs> as always i am david hoyt joined by my two favorite people Kayvon pishami and lexi decarding i'm gonna be your resident uh southern hemisphere expert on this episode you know. so i mean the only thing All i know us. is that is that <laughs> unless you have a special toilet it goes the other way that's the only <laughs> thing i know about the southern hemisphere uh, I don't think it's a special toilet. I think it's what's it called—the Coriolanus effect or something. The Coriolanus effect. <laughs> the Coriolanus effect. <laughs> Goddamn Shakespeare power plays. Cost yeah, listen, I have an directions. English degree, not a fucking science degree. Okay. Not a Coriolanus degree. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm excited uh, to get into this though, because there were like amazing Australian accents in this episode, and yeah. I was trying to convince well, Lexi to do, uh, to basically do her rendition of an Australian accent because it's very entertaining. We'll see if she uh, can get her to do it at some point. I'm, I'm worried though, if we have like one Australian listener and I upset them, I would feel very bad. <laughs> this will so be, a, it'll I be used... a major setback for South African Australian relations. <laughs> exactly. I actually, do th I actually do think we have one or two people who listen in Australia. There's, there are people that I played like a live action role playing game Sick. in Germany with. Heck okay. yeah. Yeah, they're they were they were super cool. Well, um, greetings, fellas or folks, yeah. mates. Yeah, Blokes. Anthony and friends. If you're still if you're listening, thank you. Um, well, as as you may have figured out from our jokes, the, this episode takes place mostly in Australia. Uh, it is called Warrior Brood, and it was written by Mark Edens, as always, and a fellow named Steve Cuden. Cuden. Not sure, not sure which. Um, kind of a, a guy who was born in, uh, seems raised in uh, uh, kind of what most people would consider to be my hometown, Pittsburgh. And woo! Pittsburgh. Woo! woo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're a see, very much pro-Western Pennsylvanian podcast. <laughs> the, see, the thing that Pittsburghers fear the most 
is that you might not know we're from Pittsburgh. Yes. So we have to tell you. <laughs> I remember like way back uh, when Facebook was like kind of just getting started and you could do Facebook pages. I remember finding one that said, oh, where are you from? Oh, that sucks. I'm from Pittsburgh. It was like literally just the title of the page. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a nice place. I'm not sure if it warrants that much celebration, but it's eh, a nice place. <laughs> I love it. I really, we're looking forward to moving back. Yeah. Um, uh, so Steve, Steve Cunin, uh has a number of uh, different types of credits to him. Uh, Kayvon, you said he worked on Jekyll and Hyde, the musical? Uh, it looks like it, yeah. Um, Co-conceived for the Hyde stage and, and wrote lyrics for it, it looks like. Uh, yeah, I guess there's a Jekyll and Hyde musical. I can't even imagine, uh, um, struggle to wrap my mind around what that would be, but he's got, yeah, I mean, he's got a pretty good, uh, list of stuff here. Everything. He had the, the old Beetlejuice cartoon from the early nineties. Uh, looks like he worked on uh, goof troop and a few other quack pack and a few other things. I guess the one episode of, uh, exo squad, something called skeleton warriors. Oh, that is fun. an amazing cartoon that yeah. I've, I've seen it. It is, uh, it is absolutely incredible. Brought brought to my attention uh, attention by another podcast I listen to. Uh, Watch out for fireballs. They always they love to reference skeleton warriors whenever skeletons come into a video game. Sick. We'll have to check that out then. Um, but yeah, I think the X Men cartoon, uh, Street Fighter. Uh, I think you mentioned Mummies Alive on this show, right? Oh, we have talked about that before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently he was a writer for Mummies Alive, Godzilla the series in 2000, and a ton of more. Biker Mice from Mars. More stuff than I could probably cover. Uh, and he apparently also taught screenwriting uh, for about a decade at Point Park University in Pittsburgh. So he might nice. still live in the area. Nice. A uh, few, few movies, too. Uh, yeah. In Trousers. I don't know what In Trousers is about, but I kind of want to see it. So that's a, he did the lighting design on that. Sorry, that's not something he wrote. <laughs> the lighting design in the trousers. This guy's a real Renaissance man. He does everything. He yeah. does writing, writing, uh, lyric, lyricist, everything else. Looks like he's got yeah, a director for a film called Lucky, which I'm not sure I'm familiar with. Um, yeah, what a guy. Yeah. Uh, so uh, jumping into the episode, um, we we start out with. Uh, Napier and the Earth, the Earth Resistance, who've left Jinx outside to guard the barn, um, are call are trying to call the Australian Resistance leader Tyree. Uh, uh, he says his full name at some point, but I can't. I can't. Remember. I think it's I, Mick. Mick it's Tyree, because of course Nick. he ha- is it Nick or is it Mick? Because I, I feel I looked like on the, I looked on the Exo Squad wiki. Ah, okay, Nick. And according right, Nick to that, Tyree. it's Nick Tyree. They're attempt. They're attempting to call. Uh, I'll just call him Tyree because that's how everyone else refers to him. To to try and get him to stop something. It seems like he's about ready to try and take Australia back from the Neo Sapiens. Um, and as they're doing this, they they cut over to see Nick or uh, Tyree listening to the call and be like, "Oh, bad reception. Guess I can't listen." And they're hiding in like. The Australian or uh, this is it the Sydney Opera House? It's yeah, it's yes. the Sydney Opera yeah. House. Um, Which, if I was trying to pick a low key place to hide, I would not pick probably one of the most famous buildings in Australia. Right. I'm surprised it's not actually occupied. <laughs> to yeah. begin with, you would think like Sydney would be a heavily occupied and patrolled uh, city. Although I guess it it's I mean it's possible. It depends on how much like the Neo Sapiens are struggling um, for troop troop numbers and stuff if they have enough that's, troops to that's true and there is, there is merit to hiding in plain sight yeah yeah also yeah. i think it just it makes sense from a like practical standpoint because you need some sort of establishing shot and the sydney opera house is probably <laughs> the most recognizable thing about yeah you know australia for most people who are not in the country um, that's yeah. that's that's true d- d- besides just the little like uh subtitle that says australia Right. That is probably one of the only buildings you could show me, especially as a kid. Right. And have me understand that they are in Australia. Very true. Yeah. Like, I don't know what fucking Melbourne looks like or whatever. I don't, I have no idea. I know they go to Canberra, but I'm also like, I, no clue. You could show me anything and tell me it's Canberra. (laughs) 
So I don't know. It just it makes kind of it makes sense from a practical standpoint, but I agree that maybe hiding out in the Sydney Opera House is like not the best idea. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, um, so it, it after after this little after this little sequence, JT and Nara arrive to meet Napier to discuss what Tyree's plan was. Um, and you know Napier says you know, he's not responding. We'll have to go to him to stop this attack because it's not fitting within the timeline that Exofleet has set. And if, if something goes wrong, they'll they'll the Australian resistance will be severely impacted and cause issues with uh, Winfield's plans. So they uh, they take off to fly for the supply carrier Cossack, which is under the command of Hollis. And JT orders Rita to get the squad ready and for Hollis to move the ship over Australia. Do you reckon it's got to be frustrating for the, like, Neo-Sapien command to just, like, because of cloaking technology, the Terrans are able to just run, like, operation after operation after operation in their, like, sphere of control? Um, it's just, yeah, it's got to be super annoying. Just like, oh, there goes some E-frames. Uh, they disappeared again can't do anything about it <laughs> what if we just shot where they disappeared <laughs> <laughs> also that though yeah like you'd think like i mean you would have like a decent number of patrols and stuff just in case like oh a magic door has opened in the middle of nothing like let's just pummel it well i think i think what i think what you said earlier probably gets to the crux of that problem where they they don't yeah. have enough neo sapiens to cover the entire earth yeah so like Go on a wild goose chase from disappearing E-frames. Defend your important installations. Yeah. Uh, probably yeah, yeah. defend your important installations, right? Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, there's too much, too many opportunities for ambushes and, and you know, attacks, like drawing troops away to attack those important installations. Yeah. We, uh, we also get some obvious foreshadowing with Bronski <laughs> trying to find a, a space spider uh, in his E-frame. <laughs> That's like it's such a good scene. I love it, and it's like I can totally relate. God, could you imagine? Just like, oh, this thing's in like my cockpit. I need to like make sure it's not in there when I'm flying around, or I'm gonna like wreck my e-frame. And then I mean, oh, it's... it like crawls on you. No, thank you. It's like when you're driving and you realize there's like a spider on the inside of the windscreen. And you're just like, oh fuck. Like... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do I do about this? I'm going like 70 miles an hour on the highway. Ugh. So I used to be pretty afraid of spiders until I lived in an apartment that had like a lot of like flies coming up from like a dumpster that was beneath the windows. Ugh. And one day I noticed a but like spiders putting webs all over my windows and mm -hmm. like I went to go knock them down I was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> and then 3 days later there were no more flies. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Spiders are very important. Sp spiders are my friend. Yes. Except, except the, except twice in my life, I have been bitten by a spider on my upper lip while I've been sleeping. Oh, that's weird. Sorry. <laughs> and and the first and each time it happened, my upper lip, like the middle of it, swelled up to like the size of a golf ball. Oh. And the first time it happened, I was teaching little children, and so they all had a great day. <laughs> was this, so this was in South Korea. Do they not have window screens there? Uh, the the apartment that I moved into in South Korea was disgusting. Um, you know, like like every stereotype you have about a single man in his twenties living the most <laughs> slovenly life he possibly can. There you go. That was my apartment. All right. <laughs> yeah. Need, need yeah. not say anymore. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh -huh. Bronsky's trying to get the spider out, and is it? It's like Kaz and Alex are just like standing there giggling and laughing at him, right? It's it's yes. it's very schoolyard boy moment, <laughs> which right. is also funny because I'm like I bet if either of them had a spider in their cockpit, they would be acting exactly the same. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Um, fun fact, also, uh, I just learned this this week. Uh, apparently, some kind of I think it's Japanese spider has gotten loose on the East Coast and has adapted to the climate. Uh, and will be apparently like all over the east this summer. Uh, so so things to look forward to. They're they're quite large, uh, bigger than your average wolf spider, and they also uh, they're like the little German balloon spiders, and that they can make little balloons with their webs, and then they fly through the air. 
amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if things weren't gnarly enough already, <laughs> like add that to the list of things we have to look forward to. So um, eventually, eventually the murder hornets on the West Coast and the parachute <laughs> spiders on the East Coast will meet in the middle and have a war. Excellent. I, uh, I for one, welcome our uh, forthcoming insect and or arachnid, arachnid uh, overlords. It'll um, actually be at that time when the ants uh, underneath the entire world <laughs> mount their surprise attack and overwhelm <laughs> us with their sheer numbers. Excellent. Uh, I know, I know not what with uh, weapons World War Three will be fought, but World War Four will be fought between the the insects who inherit the earth. Clearly, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> uh, yeah. an, an, another quick aside: I don't think you were here for there for a Kavon, but the graduating class in our high school that uh-huh. graduated the year before us, I had to go to their graduation because of marching band. The guy who get up, got up to give like the graduation speech, it was one of the students who's I don't think he was the valedictorian, but he was voted to do it or something like that stood up and gave a rousing 15 minute speech on how high school failed to prepare them for the incoming insect invasion from outer space that's amazing (laughs) excellent and our principal at the time was just a ball of rage and it was so funny that's amazing oh my god (laughs) oh fantastic yeah can we also, uh, going back to the episode really quickly, can we pause on, is it possible for spiders to live on spaceships? I mean, well, so it, I was yes? going to say, like, yeah, so if it had been transported, so, like, say it climbed inside Bronski's suit on Earth, right? and then, I don't know, if it was in, like, a protected pocket within the suit, because he's, like, surviving, right, the trip from Earth to space, mm-hmm. I don't see why a spider wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, so, because so, he's digging around, like, in what I'm assuming is kind of, like, the engine compartment, which I guess must also be pressurized and, like, have air in it, but then, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it must have come from, like, Earth, Venus? I don't know. Because I was just so trying to I, think, like, I could it survive long-term on the spaceship? Is there enough, like, stuff for it to eat on the ship? I would oh. assu- I would assume a few, a few things could happen. A, he picked it up on a recent mission to Earth, or possibly Venus. B, there's been generation upon generation of some poor spider breed that got brought in in like a food stuff or you know another another situation like this it's kind that of have been surviving on situation. The, yeah, they, they've been surviving on a very small supply of other insects that have also gotten onto spaceships this way. That, that's the only that's the only way I can Fair think enough. of it. Yeah, I sorry, I just always have an interest in arachno logistics, so I was just curious. <laughs> All right. Is that a real word? Uh it is now. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be Excellent. founding that academic field. That's my next uh, research project. Nice. Uh, Mar uh Marcella is reviewing Tyree's plan with Napier and JT. And as they're reviewing it, they're like, Oh, he can't do this. So we've got a we've got a day or two to get down to him. And then they look down and they see explosions visible from space yeah. over Australia. Yeah. It's like, what are they doing down there? Like, are you setting off nukes? Like... <laughs> right. It's like, we're going to liberate Australia one radioactive inch at a time. Oh, man. Um, and so they immediately fly down to, to go, to go talk to Tyree. Um, in, I, I like you know Napier. Napier really proves once a cop always a cop, right? He's like, well, you know, if if he gives us guff, I'll just arrest him. I was I was a cop, you know. Yeah. I'll just you know beat him over the head. And setting aside the fact also that Tyree is uh, appears to be a um, oh my god, a, a gentleman of color, and uh, Napier is like a big blockheaded white former cop. But oh, oh too soon. Um, <laughs> Do you think that was on purpose back then? I no. doubt it. I, I, no, I no, yeah. No. I mean, like, kudos to them for. I'm assuming he's probably Aboriginal. Uh, like, so, like, kudos to them for making the leader of the Australian Resistance Aboriginal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we get to see all these great scenes of the Australian Resistance taking it to the Neo Sapiens, and they're awesome. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel, I feel like these guys could end the war by themselves. Yeah. yeah. You gotta be tough as shit to live in Australia. There's one well, guy in. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, you gotta be tough as shit to live like as a resistance fighter in Australia because like the there were animals there that want to see you dead all over the place, 
and like you're living among them right, right. Exactly. You're like hiding from the neo sapiens with like stonefish and crocodiles yeah. um there's one guy in particular who like kind of really channels some skullet pirate energy like no skullet but he's like kind of bald on top he's got a little bit of a mustache he looks like a high school principal but he's like beefed <laughs> out to the max like he's got huge pecs and giant biceps um and i think it's like at the kangaroo farm he comes like running up and hurls a grenade at like one of the e-frames That's yeah awesome. you you just you just brought up my favorite point the are there kangaroo farms I need someone from Australia to tell me. There's gotta gonna, be, right? I'm not gonna trust the Google results. <laughs> okay. Are they well, edible? Like, why would you want to farm a kangaroo? I don't know. Kangaroo cheese? <laughs> no. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> Joey juice? <laughs> oh, no. Um, I mean, because there's like, you know, I used to work at this place in Florida that had a gator farm. Uh, and it wasn't that they were like, I, actually, I think they did sell some of the gators for meat, but it was mostly just like a tourist thing, like come see the gators. And it's probably, so I would imagine anyway, I'm not, I'm not an expert on Australia. Uh, we should I've, defer to our South, uh, Southern Hemisphere expert. I mean, Lexi, I am literally Googling because we do not have kangaroos in South Africa. Uh, according to the Australian Society for Kangaroos, which by its own, uh, like subtitled here dedicated to the victims of the world's largest wildlife massacre they are very anti-kangaroo farming so it wow. sounds like Damn. it sounds like yeah kangaroo actually are farmed for their meat and skins um but this cool. australian society for kangaroos is saying it's not really that sustainable um i don't know because i am not a kangaroo expert so yeah again australians uh all two of you please <laughs> write in and <laughs> let us know <laughs> if you care to weigh in on this i uh i think i'm sad now that's yeah awful. yeah shame oh well, hopefully they're liberating these neo these uh kangaroos from this kangaroo farm as they're also liberating australia there you go yeah yeah and this fight seems really one-sided like yes. the resistance is kicking their ass yeah uh and, yeah and they, they i wonder they if over Okay. Oh, okay, yeah, I wonder if, you know, you, again, because, you know, we're talking about, like, probably depleted depleted troop numbers and stuff, not as enough not enough personnel to staff everything that needs staffed, and I wonder how high priority Australia is, mm. you know, like, it's like a lot of the interior of the country is empty, so they probably have, like, you know, outposts and a few, I think they even say that at one point in the episode, don't they, that it's like the interior of the country is actually empty, and it's just, like, outposts on the, uh, on the, like, kind of coast, and that's really it, so that's, you know, they're able to just kind of really quickly, like, knock out what's still left here. Yep. I mean, I think that's just Australia in general, so that would make sense that that's how it would be if it was, uh, being occupied by New Sapiens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I almost, I almost half expected, like half expected, Phaeton to have some giant doomsday like space laser in in the middle of Australia. <laughs> it's like right. on Ayers Rock. It's yeah, like a giant laser. It's a, it's a very Phaeton move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, and Tyree's forces managed to kick the Neo Sapiens off the island with one particularly like devastating scene where a bunch of Neo Sapiens are running away on like a hovercraft and they throw a barrel bomb onto it, onto these <laughs> retreating soldiers and just obliterate them. I know, it's like echoes of like the Syrian war 20 years later. It's or 30 years later. Yeah. Just yeah. like really dark. Um, Cause the really whole scene dark. before that too, it's like or right before that moment in that scene, we see them like piling on and there's a bunch of them who get left behind and just like all jump into the water. Yeah. Um, like lemmings. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's kind of dark. You almost feel for it. It's just like the, the sheer panic and then this hovercraft just gets blown up. Uh, yeah. yeah. Australia, fuck around and find out. I mean, for real though. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> that should become their new motto. <laughs> Uh, Tyree Tyree gives a you know gives a speech once it's done they they take down the Neo Sapien flag and raise the Australian flag and tells them to set up a uh, a new a new head uh, resistance headquarters in the Parliament building in oh I didn't write down the name of the city Canberra 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 yeah um and at this at this point uh Phaeton is calling a group of his scientists in Antarctica to release a new brood of neo sapiens mixed with the dna of the deadliest beasts on earth to 
into Australia to destroy Tyree and his forces. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of a weird commercial cut here, too, that I thought was, yeah. I don't know, it kind of cracked me up a little bit, because it's like we see the Australian flag flying, very glorious, uh, sing the Australian national anthem. It's that Men Down men at Work song, I come from a land down under, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, <laughs> and then it, like, yeah, it just, like, very quickly fades to, like, an establishing shot of, I think, like, one of the the dippers or whatever, and then, yeah, we see the the base, and it's just like, prepare the counterattack. Cut to commercials. Yeah, and before before the counterattack goes off, we see one of, like the Neo Sapiens and these tanks like morph into their uh, what what's anthropomorphic forms? Yeah, final form. Yeah, yeah. Neo anamorphs. I don't know. Yeah, basically, and like one of the, like one of the scorpion ones like gets out of the tank, and I thought he was going to kill those scientists. <laughs> right. Yeah, who's the one side? We've seen him before. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah, um, I don't know his name either. I think we've seen him before on the Neo Mega Project. Um, I'm sure one of our listeners can probably nail it down. I should have looked it up before uh, we recorded this morning. But yeah, I can't remember his name. But we've seen him before working on some of the projects. Yeah. Um, was there like a gorilla man amongst the the list of... Because uh, like, you see a bunch of them kind of transforming and like... I think the initial transforming guy kind of looks like vaguely like gorilla esque. He's got like the kind of belly and the arms come out and stuff. Yeah, that orange. It, he turns orange, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I saw, I saw that, and I was like, "What is that?" Right? Because it's the only time you see it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh. I'm like super here for Gorilla Sapien, honestly. <laughs> um, if we do get a remake, like let's get that, let's get Gorilla Sapien in it for sure. Um, also, like, did they get raptor DNA? <laughs> uh, so are they raptor, or are they just, like, generic lizards? Okay, like some kind of, like, monitor DNA. I know, it's like, I just feel like, because would this have come out, I think this would have come out around uh, Jurassic Park times, right? Because yeah, well, Jurassic close, Park was close. 93, right? Yeah, so this would have been a bit, a little bit after, but it, it's entirely possible that they wrote the episode when like mm. Jurassic Park was coming out, I think. Yeah, and I wonder because you remember it was like Raptor Mania back in back in '93 with that movie. Everybody, everybody was like, all of a sudden, I remember being a kid and like, all of a sudden T Rex was out and Raptors were in. Um, and me, I was like a diehard like T Rex kid, so I was like, I I was really sad about that. I just remember being like, oh, Raptors are so much cooler. They totally kill T Rexes. I was like, no, T Rex is like king dinosaur. Come on now. Well, doesn't doesn't the T Rex? Spoiler alerts for anyone who hasn't fucking watched Jurassic Park. Sorry. And, and in like, which case, like, what are you doing? I know. Go, listen, like, go, go watch that movie right now. Go watch. Stop listening to this and go watch Jurassic Park. But yeah, doesn't the the the, the, the fucking T Rex kills the Raptors at the end anyway? Chomps one of yeah. them, one or two of them, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, dinosaurs. Much like Australia. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Giant, and... terrifying creatures running around killing each other and humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like we actually get to see some of this violence as uh, after um, Marsala and JT confront, or Marsala, JT, and Napier confront Tyree after the battle. And, and, you know, they kind of dress him down for these unapproved actions. And uh, Napier says that they got to pull back because eventually the Neo-Sapiens are going to launch a concentrated counterattack. And he thinks that the Australian resistance can't stand up to them. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they leave before they leave the ship, they, they tell Rita to get the squad ready in case Tyree like, fights back. And Nara stays on the ship and, you know, Hollis says, you know, I, do you wish you were going with them? And she says, well, they're the only family I have now. I'm like, oh, oh. oh now I'm sad. Really dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's heartbreaking kind of moment. And I mean, I'm glad yeah. again, like, that's, I think, again, the, I, I, I say it all the time, but the stuff that really sets this show apart is moments like that where you have characters yeah. dealing with like very real, very relatable, you know, not relatable in the sense that like we've, you know, lots of us have like lost our entire families, but like you can imagine it even as a kid and just kind of thinking like, my gosh, yeah, like what would that be like? And it really, it just adds to the emotional punch of this show so much. 
Well, it's 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 really telling for because the show the, each episode is like twenty two minutes long, and right. they pack so much into it. So like, I have to imagine the writers are sitting there being like, okay, I have time for one line of dialogue between two characters. Mm. How can I make it meaningful? Yeah. And they figure out ways like this, and that's you know, thumbs up from me. Good job, top yeah. notch, all around, yeah. absolutely. Uh, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Nap- so yeah, as as predicted, Tyree and the Australian Resistance basically tell Napier to fuck off and start attacking him. Yeah. Able Squad comes in and kind of rescues them. This is they stop the fighting, and just as they stop the fighting. A bunch of fucking crab Neo-Sapiens come out of the water and begin attacking. I really love that. Um, it's just like, send in the crabs. So, so send in the... Not, and not only are they terrifying as crabs, they, they're they crabs with guns. Like, they're not... Crab people, crab, crab people. people. Definitely, definitely. I really, and uh, I, I love how, like, it's also their apparent, like, attack formation is all of them with their, like, so they've got a gun in the left claw, and then, like, their, like, right claw is just out extended, almost like as if they're, like, waving in greeting. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just, like, it cracks me up for whatever reason. <laughs> it's this, like, big claw sticking out, and it's, like, every single one. I mean, obviously, I'm sure they're just kind of reusing the same image over and over, but, yeah. like, it just looks really funny. Yeah. Greetings, Terrans. I am an ordinary crab. It's just a normal day on any Australian beach, right? Just, like, <laughs> right. giant crabs and spiders and scorpions coming out to fuck up your day. Right? Yeah, this isn't well, actually it, even the Neo-Sapien advance yet. This is just Australia's natural wildlife. <laughs> Like we finally have a chance to remove the human scourge from our <laughs> island continent. Right. Find, Finding Nemo got real weird uh, in the nineties. <laughs> right. Um, the the so just some of the things that we see here attacking. Uh, first off, I like the scorpion ones the most. I think they're I think they look fucking badass. Yeah. Um, the lizards. Why do they spit acid? Uh, <laughs> Because uh, a little-known fact, uh, raptors in the Paleolassic era actually did spit acid. It's a thing we know, for sure. Really? No, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I was, how would you I, know I, that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was right there with you, Lexi, because he said it with such conviction that I was like, I was like, is Kayvon's, Kayvon's pretty smart. Is he fucking with me right now? <laughs> I, I don't think there was he a Paleolassic his- period, but... But he does this to me all the time where he'll say something super serious and he sounds like an expert on it. And I'm like, wait, what? Really? And then... all right. See, it's it's something you pick up for like, you know, years and years of teaching. You kind of have a certain type of voice for imparting information. <laughs> and like you, I don't know. Yeah. I just like you mobilize it for saying all kinds of funny stuff. A masterful stroke of sarcasm. Yeah. Um... Also, I want to point out too, like we were, you know, like are they lizards or are they raptors? There's a shot in this uh, when we start to see like the kind of parade of different new Neo sapiens. The um, raptors get off the ship and they have foot claws. Yeah, they, they weirdly come out of their ankles, but they have foot claws. You know what? I, I'm 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 starting to, I'm starting to live in team in on team raptor now. I, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, I think you might be right. So I'm going to advance a theory here. This is a um, Jurassic Park and Exo Squad actually share the same universe, and they were able from the ruins of whatever the name of the island is uh, go to recover uh, Raptor DNA. So wait, do you, oh, wait, it, go go even one step further. The genetic research from Jurassic Park and the cloning technology they made from that. Was hey. what led to the technology that was able to make Neo Sapiens. Yes, sick. Mm. I want that crossover franchise. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bunch it, of Neo Sapien scientists go to go to the island of Jurassic Park and get stuck there, and Dino mayhem ensues. As as the preeminent source of Exo Squad fan theories in our year 2022, I'm declaring a canon. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, also, that brings up an interesting question of T Rex versus E Frame. Who wins? Um, depends on the E-frame and the pilot. That's true. Yeah. And I think the situation. If we get kind of like an ambush scenario, I think T-Rex might be able to pull it off. Yeah. Like multiple yeah. T-Rexes pounding on yeah. one E-frame. Well, even oh, if like, it's like one of those little like, 
individual E-frames and the T-Rex comes storming out of the, the forest and like Stein chomps on him immediately. It, it might be able to pull it off. C- yeah. cer- certainly, I believe that a T-Rex would, would be able to go toe-to-toe with a jump trooper. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Uh, the uh, and here we go. Your your other crossover. Put this in the same universe. There was a cartoon called Dino Riders, where <laughs> aliens, one side of which were just humans, uh, put armor on dinosaurs and fought each other with lasers and shit. Yeah, those tool. That, there were there were toys for those, right? I kind of yeah. yep. remember them yep. being super cool looking. Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, now going going away from my nostalgia dream crossovers. Um, <laughs> we, there's like if this, it's basically all action from this point until the end of the show. Where yeah. like we see we see one guy who looks like a very young Admiral Winfield, but like a stocky version of him, get picked up and dragged into the water. And by one of the crabs. Just so we're clear, yeah, he, that guy was eaten, right? Full drowned. Yeah. yeah. Either way. Oh. Drowned He's drowned fucked. and eaten at the same time. <laughs> not a not a nice way to go. I that that scene stuck with me ever since I was a kid because I just like I was like really getting into horror movies around that age and like wanting to watch a ton of them and this episode felt like a horror movie to me. Yeah. And then like yeah, just imagining like yeah, just getting pulled into the water. It's super dark. Oh, we see um we the the during the during this we the raptor ones talk and they sound like cobra commander which is great um (laughs) yeah do do the rest of them talk or is it just that i i i think later on we hear like at least one of the scorpion ones talk but the lizard ones throughout the series are the ones that talk the most okay all right uh the um (laughs) poor bronski gets taken down by a like the bat sapien um it, it does he get taken down I, I, by, I don't know hang on i'm trying to remember the order of things here because it was also like obviously the giant spider ones that the the giant like, spiders come up, come on, the, up on, on the bridge okay yeah, yeah. they're, they're a right. little bit later yeah. yeah so he gets picked up by the giant bat first and then is yep. it is it maggie or was it rita who's like trying to help him i think i think it's i think it's maggie who saves him and then also maggie who like saves one of the resistance members by catching one of their claws in her like clamp hand i think but, uh, i think that's later i think it's kaz actually that saves bronski from batman you might um, be right yeah <laughs> yeah robert uh, pattinson up to no good <laughs> yeah, the, the robert pattinson's uh, neo sapien well i mean you know the the what was i think the first episode of batman the animated series the it was, the enemy was man bat so there you go Sick. inspiration oh my gosh oh my yeah God. i gotta go back and rewatch those i haven't seen those since i was a kid yeah, where's my batman movie with man bat morpheus no no well uh, yes kind of but no <laughs> it's got man bat aesthetics anyway whatever yeah, yeah. oh so hang on so bronski uh, gets attacked by batman man bat yeah. Woman bats, gender neutral bats, because um, we don't know. And then, where do they like? How do they escape? I'm trying to remember. This was I think I think Kavon said that Kaz shoots the bat off of yeah. off of Bronski, uh, it, it, but Bronski falls in the water as a result of this. It almost gets pulled under by some unseen tentacle monster. Yeah, what's with the like neo tentacle monster? I, no, that's we, I don't. That's just what that's just what octopuses are like in Australia. (laughs) That's just just what happens when you go swimming in Australia. Yeah, that's like not actually related to anything Neo Sapien. That was just the local wildlife for real. Uh, I like it. I like it. Maggie almost gets taken out by the thing that it, that she grabs. Yeah, because it, it's like scorpion tail almost like put, like stabs her through her windshields. Yeah. Yeah, I think it and jumps on just... uh, Alec at first, and she pulls it off Alec. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and then she just fucking shoots it in the chest. Like, Get the hell away from me. <laughs> yeah, just blads it. Yeah, and then poor Alec gets picked up by, like, a crab, and then I think Rita comes in and saves him from the crab, but then there's, like, a million more crabs, like, swarming the uh, 
I do I do kind of really love the crab ones. <laughs> they just look super goofy. <laughs> like coolest is probably the scorpion. Goofiest and most endearing is probably the crab ones for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Marcella and a bunch of uh Marcella, Tyree, JT, and uh Napier try to get to their E-frames inside the building that they're in front of. Uh, but they're stopped by the acid spitting lizards while Able Squad is pinned down on a bridge where the spiders show up and try to drag away Bronsky. It's like nightmare. Every everything you ever hated, Bronsky, is happening today. <laughs> um, yeah. And they do they they decide to cut the suspensions on or the suspension wires and the suspension bridge. And I have been near a suspension wire when it broke. Yeah. Not not a big one like that, but like a smaller one for a small like a footbridge. They don't just fall off. Yeah. Like snap, <laughs> right? Yeah, they snap and whip around everywhere. Like it it grazed my arm when it happened and like I it was numb for hours. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh yeah. So like we I have to imagine if you're cutting suspension wires there, those things are whipping around and fucking cutting people in half. Like, yes. oh, yeah. as soon as they touch him was it yeah it was like the, that old mothman prophecy movie i think there's a scene where like a suspension cable snaps on the bridge and like flies through a car and like takes someone's head off yeah oh so Kayvon, you you know that a friend of ours yep oh uh, yeah father made that, that right up. yeah our good friend yeah. uh our good friend chris's dad uh actually like built that rig for that movie uh that's and it was in the it was in his basement for a while and we got to see it that was super cool yeah that's awesome. yeah he had all kinds of fun stuff down there yeah um and the 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 scene ramps up from there eventually everyone escapes uh as a result of dropping the bridge and the guys in the building getting to their e-frames don't we have a scene too where um like one of the raptors confronts marsala and stops and is like confused that's right yeah and there's like a there's kind of this weird standoff moment where marsala just like looks at him pointing a gun at him and it looks back at him, and they just like kind of stare at each other for a moment, and then just like unceremoniously, Marcella just guns him down, <laughs> just like shoots him in the chest point blank. Yeah, yeah. yeah after they well, spend like it's like they have this like almost meaningful moment looking eye to eye at each other, and the like the Asapian's like I'm confused. Wait, what? <laughs> and then he just shoots <laughs> him. It's so good. Well, so and I was wondering like why that happened. Do you think like they're conditioned and they didn't like take into account that one of them might encounter marsala and get confused possibly yeah Yeah. i mean because like he's there's not many neo sapiens fighting for uh exo fleet and then you got to figure i don't know maybe if they're bringing all that animal dna in or it's like are they as smart as your average neo sapien or are they just like okay blue blue good not blue bad yeah Yeah, they 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 seem to have at least especially the raptor ones because they can Mm. talk have some higher form of intelligence right true the, the um and you gotta imagine like maybe like this is this that moment where the adrenaline finally dies down from marsala and he gets a moment to like seriously contemplate what the fuck he's seeing yeah. he's like phaeton you fucking bastard like what have you done right. like what the hell is this um and the the group escapes back to canberra where they discuss the creatures and basically the episode just ends there to be continued yeah um yeah, and we we get a cool end card with Colleen O'Reilly showing like kind of her backstory with this tragedy of her graduating day from Exofleet Academy was the same day that the invasion on Earth happened, and she was one of the few surviving members of her class. Yeah, that's a good backstory. Um, yeah, yeah, and I love the. It's just like beautifully cinematic they all throw their hats up in the air and then they just get shot out of the air right just like, she's like that yes. was my favorite hat fuck you <laughs> i wanted to keep my corners uh the, and then like i love like colleen's a badass she just picks up a gun and starts fighting she's right. like fuck this yeah so good uh, colleen's great i love her just fighting to avenge that hat um as we're wrapping up this episode, can I share one last thing with the two of you and possibly our listeners? Yeah. Uh, did you did you hear about this like giant huntsman spider in Australia that was photographed eating a possum? Whoa, what? <laughs> All right. So for anyone listening, if you want to just Google like giant Australian spider eats possum, uh, I'm going to throw an image into the chat. Try not to scream. 
No. No. Oh. No. No. That's, That's not a, that. No. I mean, so technically it's, this is Tasmania, not Australia, but, you know, same difference. Like, And it's, it's inside, too. Like, oh, yeah, of course they come inside. Oh. Yeah, so but it's, it's, it's a giant huntsman spider just, like, hanging on by maybe three legs onto, like, some sort of wall. And then it's holding a pygmy possum in its enormous fangs and, like, kind no. of legs. Yeah, it's just dangling. No. It's disgusting. Nope. Nope. To our two potential nope. Australian listeners, I salute you. I don't think I'd actually be able to live anywhere <laughs> near. And I know I know Australia and Tasmania are not contiguous pieces of land, but still, even living close to an island where this is possible, uh, kudos to you, folks. Uh, I would not have the uh, the courage to live anywhere near this. My God. So, so I of course tried to Google it before you brought up the image, Lexi. And yeah. the the second image, I, I I got that one first. And the second image is this creepy child with a spider crawling across his face. Oh, and that's like a little one, yeah. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Uh, I mean, I'm no. I'm okay with spiders. I feel like you know I try to relocate them instead of kill them. Um you know 90% of the time if I don't have to kill a spider I won't even like a really big one but I do not want them like on my body that's gross so so last last spider story for me I promise the um (laughs) the a long time ago I was dating someone who's really into exotic animals and we stopped at this random exotic animal pet store in the middle of Pennsylvania so you know it's gonna be good right (laughs) Uh, this is like, this is bordering on like Tiger King level shit. Um, <laughs> and we walk in and we see this guy, he's like hunched over an aquarium, like uh, uh, without water in it. Obviously some, like there's a spider in there and he's got like a pen and it looks like he's poking the spider. Oh. And when we walk in, we distract him and he looks up at us. He's like, hello. And then the spider rears up on its back legs, hisses, jumps up on his hand and bites him. Oh and he God. goes, he goes, ah, <laughs> he shakes it off, runs into a back room and is like, hang on, I gotta, I gotta fix this. <laughs> oh, that's God. terrifying. No, no. Oh, that's terrible. Um, ugh. too much spider stuff. I will, I am, I will, uh shamelessly admit that i am a serious arachnophobe no thank yeah. you Ooh. well on that on that last creepy spider <laughs> note um yeah you guys you guys got anything you want to plug this week uh we have been watching a tv show called from that i would i think it's on epics uh but there's other ways i'm sure to watch it if you're so inclined and know how to do so uh, not advocating piracy, that's bad and immoral, never do that, seriously. Mm. Um, but do it. Yeah, <laughs> my goodness. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's been really good this far. It's like a horror show, it's got just the right amount of like gore and really creepy scenes, but yeah, there's also kind of like an interesting mystery or something going on, we're not really sure yet, but it's it's been really good. Yeah, it's got. Yeah. I think I think it was the character's name was Michael from Lost. I'm trying to remember the actor's name. Um, but it's got like serious Lost vibes. Okay. Um, but also without like, I mean, it's it's still in its first season, so hopefully it doesn't go off the rails. Um, Harold Perrineau, that's the actor's name. Hopefully it doesn't go off the rails like Lost did. But it's got like it's got Lost vibes, but a little more like um, overtly horror and just absolutely fantastic. Really, really engaging show. Loving every minute of it so far. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I don't, I don't, I guess the, the last, if, if there's the, to the 10 people out there who haven't watched Attack on Titan, it's ending pretty soon. And the last season is excellent so far. Yeah. So you should probably watch that. It's been really um, fun. Yeah. We're, we're watching yeah. it right now also. So I read the manga mm-hmm. uh, and it, it ended a long time ago. So like, I know what happens, right? Uh, and watching the cartoon version of it, like the animated version of it, mm-hmm. so much better. Like I had so much trouble following what happened in the manga because everyone looked exactly the fucking same. <laughs> like I couldn't tell Mikasa from Armin at some points. Yeah. Oh wow, really? Yeah. Well, they all have the same haircut. They're all wearing the same fucking clothes. So. Yeah. Fair. 
Yeah, I um, I, I I read the manga up to the um when they when the there's the big switch and you learn the secret about the world mm. beyond the walls and stuff and that was where I kind of I had dropped off because that was at the manga had kind of been at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's yeah, it's wrapping up well. Are you watching the second season of uh, Raised by Wolves? Yes. Uh, we're on like. Not the latest episode, but the episode right before that. Yeah, I think it's where we're at. It's I'm loving it. It's so weird. Yeah. Uh, if I... folks haven't seen that show, it's on HBO. Highly recommended. Yep. And fil- filmed in South Africa, so featuring a lot of beautiful oh. South African landscapes and plants. And the second season also features some, uh, I don't know, more South African actors with like slightly more prominent roles. Yeah, well, so so home country pride, right? Yeah, actually, it was funny because when we started watching the first season, I was like, "This landscape looks so familiar, and it's making me really homesick." And then we looked it up, and I was Aww. like, "Oh yeah, like I know exactly where that is." <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, I know that." <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. Thank you. Well, uh, on that note, uh, we'll call it, we'll call it here, everyone. Thanks for listening. And uh, I, I forget, I, someone brought up that I forget to pl- I forget to say it every episode. But uh, patreon.com slash EM network. Uh, if you want to support us, we really appreciate it. Uh, to our supporters who have been there since the beginning, we love you guys. Uh, thanks so much for sticking yeah. around. Yeah, thank absolutely. you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And thanks for listening, as always. Just like always blows us away that people are not only listening, but enjoying this. It's, it's great. Thank you. Okay. So stay, stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy, and uh, have a good one, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.